Hello again, everybody. Welcome to the show. This is Back to the Window with Scott and Scott. I am your host, Scott Steen, lead handicapper at winnersandwiners.com. And I'm your co-host, Scott Rochelle, senior handicapper over winnersandwiners.com. And together we do this every single day, Monday through Friday, 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, Back to the Window. We uh, attempt to guide you on that perilous journey as we all have to uh, hack our way with machetes through the through the jungle of disappointment, Scott. And we almost had a little disappointment last night, huh? How about you? How about you, never, Grizzlies? Never in doubt, man. Never uh, in I doubt. Grab, I grabbed a live piece of that in the middle of the, I want to say, fourth quarter. I, yeah. I got plus 250. Good. Uh, I wonder what that was when they were down 26. Probably a little I better. I believe it was around, I think it was 10, maybe 15 to 1, 20 to 1, I think. Solid. Paul Henshaw in the house says, let's go. I agree, Paul. Let's go. Tim Earl, what's up, baby? Tim Earl checking in. May says, Memphis Moneyline, never in doubt. Damn right. Never a doubt. Never a doubt. Brandon Kubas, happy Friday. Back at you, buddy. Uh, it, was, it was plus 3,000, 30 to 1 to My you bad. and me. Maybe, says, maybe I saw something else. But says Damien. Damien, I hope you got a piece of that, buddy. Hope you got a piece. Uh, I did not. I was uh, trying to figure out what my play of the day was going to be since it was going to be uh, my turn. So, uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, Tate the Great in the house, TGIF, that's right. And for uh, those of you that are fans of Morning Wood, and hey, who isn't, uh, Allie Burns going to be stopping by here a little bit later. As far as I know, I haven't heard any stories that she's uh, uh, no internet or looking for a cat. Or so As far as I know, Allie Burns will be here. And, of course, right after that, it's NASCAR. We're going to be joined by the King. Oh, thank you, thank you very much. Uh, Chris King going to be here, and we're going to talk a little NASCAR, a little Bristol. Scott gets to gloat again by having one of his uh, semi-long shots come in. The uh, guy that hated the track the most, Kyle Busch, ended up winning the race. So, uh, uh, Tate, the, good. Tate the Great says Al- good. Allie Burns is the GOAT. So, Allie Burns is, uh, is certainly very, very good. She's probably, probably the GOAT for our channel, huh, Scott? Top five. Okay, fair enough. Very good. All right, guys. So because we're going to have Allie on, we're going to kind of grip it and rip it here and get through it. Uh, Scott, I think we probably got a, a couple of things to talk about. Now, guys, uh, we had a little we had a little problem in rehearsal. And uh, I don't know if you're going to be able to hear like the music, if you're going to be able to hear the uh, if you're going to be able to hear the various sound effects that we have queued up. So um, we're going to find out. We're going to find out. Scott, let's. Uh, Let's get right to it, shall we, as we uh, take a look and find out. Thursday night, there was some disappointment around, Scott. There was some excitement. There was some disappointment. Let's find out what camp everybody was in, who was uh, who took it in the shorts, and who took it to the bank. Who's the winners? Who's the whiners, if you will? We're going to check out the Friday edition of Call the Cops. Yeah, we, we didn't hear that, but... Okay, I know you didn't hear it, but I want to know if I want to know if everybody else heard it. So put it in the comments section whether you heard the the sirens or not, because if you didn't, I'll, I'll, I'll stop doing the sound effects for the rest of them. So, anywho, as we wait on answers for that, we're gonna start off. Oh, here's a surprising one, Scott. How about the Timberwolves plus two and a half against the Grizzlies? Call the cops, indeed. They led by twenty three with one thirty six left in the third quarter. Uh, they led by twenty five, by the way, with three ten left in the third quarter. Memphis closed the game 46-14, baby. <laughs> Minnesota, not good. Not good, Bob. They end up losing by nine. They don't. Not only do they piss away the win, they piss away the cover. 
You had Timberwolves plus two and a half, Timberwolves money line. Uh, throw them all in the trash. Call the cops. Well, according to the comment section, nobody heard the sirens. Nobody. Well, that's the excuse I always use when the cops come, Scott. Yeah, I didn't hear anything. I didn't hear. I didn't. I didn't hear the sirens. Okay, well then I'll just not do sound effects for the rest of the show. Fine. Well, if you had the under in the Flames uh, Stars game at five and a half, you had two goals entering the third period. Then you had four goals in the third period alone, including that really annoying empty netter. With 25 seconds left, the game landed six. And finally, turning to the diamond, if you had the Pirates-Cubs there over eight and a half, well, they did what you might expect. They put up seven runs first five innings. It was four to three. And after four more innings, it was four to three. Congratulations to shutdown bullpens. Man, you think of good bullpens, you immediately think of the Cubs and Pirates. That was certainly on display yesterday. Call the cops if you had the over eight and a half. Seems like if you bet an over nowadays in baseball, you're just asking to get your ass kicked. Yep. That's really what I've noticed. Yep, you really are. You really are. Well, Scott, there was some good news out there. It was the uh, the people that had those nice, easy winners, like, uh, you know, the Timberwolves. <laughs> if you had the, uh, oh, no, wait, that didn't work out. So these are the people that didn't piss away their lead late, Scott. These are the nice, easy wins. You just spent your Thursday evening not sweating and cussing at the TV like the rest of us. You were just sitting there in the rocking chair. Yeah, okay. There you go. So if you had the lightning on the money line against the Maple Leafs, they led four to nothing after the second period, and they won eight to one. A complete no show for the Maple Leafs. Complete no show. If you had the Mavericks plus eight and a half, that was a game that you and I both liked, Scott. Uh, in fact, that was one of my premiums against the Jazz. Led by 17 at halftime. Tried to piss it away in the second half. Couldn't quite do it. They end up winning that one by eight. No Luka, no problem. Mavs up two to one, baby. If you had them plus eight and a half, didn't even need them. Hopefully you had them on the money line. And the last one, if you had the Twins and Royals under eight and a half, you had one run in the second inning. And you had no runs in the other eight innings. Game ended one to nothing. That was unbelievable, Scott. I'm sitting here with the window open watching that game. The wind is just howling, and it's howling directly out the left field. All you got to do is get it in the air. Nothing. Nothing. I uh, I had a, a fairly substantial play on the Royals over there. So I don't know how many games I have to bet over to learn my lesson. We're going to find out what happens tonight because my play of the day, I went the other way. I got the Royals under. So bad Brad on the mound, baby. We'll see. Okay. You're not convinced. I, I actually was looking into an under in that game as well, or a no run first inning. Went against it because Keller's numbers in the first inning have not been great historically. So I decided to not take that approach, but I would lean under as well. All right. Very good. Um, all right. Let's talk about this. We've got no, this. <laughs> Here's the sound effect I'm really looking forward to. You going to do this one? Uh, I'll, we can we can share the response. Okay. Fair, fair enough. Uh, Guys, we got to talk about this. We've touched on it briefly. Now we're going to talk about the reason. The reason for the season, if you will. Let's find out who it is. It's Friday. Who is the donkey of the day? Yeah, okay. Good enough. We, we tried. They don't pay us enough to do this. <laughs> no, they yeah, don't. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, no, I'm no voice guy. I'm no sound effects guy. Come on now. Go ahead, buddy. 
It's 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 the reincarnation of Flop. Flop Saunders is back. Yeah, Flop Saunders back in action because the Timberwolves blew the massive lead, and we're gonna blame the coach because Timberwolves coach Chris Finch, who signed an extension by the way, right before the official playoffs started. <laughs> Why they win at halftime. <laughs> yeah, he ended up let's just say allowing a certain run from Memphis to escalate because normally, if a team goes on an eight nothing run a 10-0 run, maybe if a coach is feeling frisky, a 12-0 run. Better take a T.O., baby! (laughs) Can I interest you in a 21-0 run before calling a timeout? At at some point, when it reaches 10, you know, as a player, you should be calling timeout by default. Right. But the coach letting his team allow a 21-0 run is really a next-level maneuver that I have not seen before. One of the dumbest uh, games of coaching I've ever seen in the NBA. Finch was disastrous. It's awful. Just absolutely awful. 21-0? What are you doing? And the thing is... are you there? He watched it happen twice. He watched watched massive runs. He watched a 14-point run, called no timeouts, and then a 21-point run, called no timeout. What do... You know... I told you this story before, Scott. I was on I was on Millionaire, and I and I washed out. I didn't use any of my lifelines. People ask me like, "Well, did you use your lifeline?" And I was telling them, "No, I was saving it for next time." And that's the way I felt about his timeouts last night. You know, you don't put them in the fucking bank. You don't get to use them in the next game. Oh, we're gonna have extra timeouts next time. No, what are you doing? What are you saving them for? When things get really, you save them for a rainy day. Hey, look up, dumb shit. It's pouring down rain. Let's go. The only thing I know... 21 is was his cutoffs, of, is James If Mouth. the job of the coach is to call timeouts, make adjustments, and call plays, right? You're in the middle of a 21-0 run, so you have not scored. Your plays are not working. You're not making any adjustments, so then why are you even there? What are we doing? If you're not going to call timeouts, you've gone 0 for 3 on the coaching trifecta. Do something. By the way, Zodwick with the uh, the comment of the day so far. I want to I want to show you this one, Scott. I thought the sound effects were broken. I'm hearing them perfectly. <laughs> we're doing our best, man. It's rough out here. Oh, that's excellent. Uh, David, the Italian said Barkley hammered him. I didn't watch any post game breakdown, but I, I did. He, he called Minnesota the dumbest team in the league, and he said the coach was an idiot. Uh, Shaq was really blaming the players more than the coach, claiming that the players have to you know, embrace adversity and respond. I don't know what the hell Shaq was talking about. That's clearly the coach's fault. I, I know that you can make an argument that Towns, we'll get into Towns in a second because there's a lot to unravel there. A lot of, of Minnesota's players did nothing. But Shaq also had Phil Jackson and Pat Riley. So his opinions on coaches might not be the most accurate right. because he was graced with two of the best coaches in the history of the sport. Right. But for most young teams... And Minnesota is one of the youngest teams in the league. It's their first, you know, hurrah in the playoffs. You got to blame the coaching staff. That's yeah. just a poor job all around. Didn't have them you ready. Uh, yeah, I, t- I totally agree. Yeah, JR, I was. Um, I know I've told the stories before, probably on some of our football games that were blowouts. I'll, I'll tell them. I'll tell the millionaire story some other time when we're not pressing for time here with Allie. But yeah, it was fun. I watched out on a stupid question. And uh, so... Here's my thing, Scott. I uh, I was uh, I saw a milk carton today, and it had uh, Stephen Adams' picture on it. 
So. I thought you were going to say it had Carl Anthony Towns' picture on it. No, that's which is sort of my is sort of my point because he played 24 minutes in the first game. You know how many minutes he's played in the last two games combined? Three. Three. That's correct. He has played three games. Three. Three. And they've uh, won both games. Minutes total. Uh, they've held him below 100, and they've won both games. So, uh, is the is the switch really all about uh, getting him out of there and having somebody competent that can move and be physical with with Towns and keep up with him? I don't know if you can fire him. You, you just signed him to a four-year extension. Like, you just paid him millions of dollars like three weeks ago. Right. right. I, I don't know what you can do. I, the argument, though, that we got to talk about, or the point we got to talk about, even though the coaching was a serious problem, we got to talk about Carl Anthony Towns. Because he was the number one overall pick, very talented player, won the three-point contest, been an all-star. We know how talented he is. Six shot attempts? Six? Yeah, I don't understand. Or was it six or four? I think it was six. I thought he had. I thought he had six. He was over. He was over one from three, and I thought he took five. I thought he took five other shots. But when I was looking at the box score this morning, all I know is no matter what the coach is calling out, no matter what is not working, you have to call for the ball. You have to do something. Like try. Try to get to call fouled. For the ball. Drive. Drive to the hole. Try to get fouled. Do something. By the way, he had four shot attempts. At he four, he was three for four. He played 33 minutes. He had five fouls, four turnovers. He had five blocks, which I don't even remember. But he had more fouls than shot attempts. That's not good. He's the best player on the team. Uh, is he? And then post-game, they ask him a question about, you know, what did, what did Memphis do defensively to give you issues? What happened? And his response was, next question. And then he said, I'm going to go home, decompress, and drink some wine. Really? That's the quote you're going with? You can't accept any of the responsibility publicly? Like, deflecting isn't going to help you in the situation. You kind of need to at least embrace the fact. It's not going to help you because you lost the game, but at least say publicly, I have to play better. My teammates expect more from me. I let them down. It's the common sense beauty pageant answer. For I had a crappy game. Here's what I say in the post game. I'm gonna drink some wine and decompress. Do you want some Sex in the City on in the background? Like, <laughs> what, what are you doing? Like, come on. Jr. Black, you gotta said, figure it out. Is he? Uh, said he needs a heart. I, I mean, he he might need one. I'd stop this. I need a brain too. I mean, I don't I don't know what the hell's going on with Towns, but I'd stop disappointing Scuddies and take a few more shutties if I only had a heart. Do, 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 do. Yeah, pretty much. But that was my main takeaway, Super Sly. I agree with you. My main takeaway from the whole situation last night was Jimmy Butler was right. Because Jimmy Butler called Andrew Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns soft. That's why he wanted to leave. Now, Wiggins was a homie last night. He ended up hitting the three-pointer in the end to help us out yep. for the one and a half. So we actually played decently in the fourth quarter. But Cat wanted none of that smoke at no, all. No. He was miked. He was bragging about being up 20. We're in Minnesota now. And then he proceeded to basically not attempt another shot for the rest of the game. He had one mid-range jumper that he made in the fourth quarter, which I vaguely remember. But he was a complete non-factor. He did absolutely nothing. And Towns, for a guy that tries to talk a lot of smack recently, and for a guy that wants to be known as a serious threat and one of the best centers in the league, he called himself the best shooting big man of all time. 
It's tough to call you that when you only take four shots. Well, you shot 75%. What do you want? That is good. Shoot the damn ball. <laughs> okay? And some of that's Finch's fault, too, for not designing more plays for him. And, yes, I know Minnesota was trapping every time he had the ball. You have to at least recognize it and adjust mentally accordingly on your own. Cat was awful. It was embarrassing. If I've roasted LeBron for quitting in that final game against the Celtics about 10 years ago, I have to quit on I have to roast Towns for quitting yesterday. Towns quit. Yeah, see, I don't I don't even understand because you know, normally you see it show up in other areas. You know, maybe maybe they're doubling him down low and he's getting some assists, but you know, he didn't what did he, I, what did he have for assists last night? He didn't it was nothing, right? Towns had one assist last night. Yeah, so I mean, what's I don't understand what he's doing. What do you, what do you do? What are you doing? Are you are they not getting him the ball? That's that's what I'd like to know. I'd like to know what percentage. I think the I'm... issue Towns run into is that I know a lot of centers nowadays can shoot threes. Embiid had the big shot, whatever. But still, Towns is seven feet tall. He's about two hundred and fifty pounds. Right. Get your ass in the paint. Like if you're not going to actually exploit defenses at the three point line because clearly you were afraid to shoot jump shots the entire night. Right. Maybe you should go inside the paint. Maybe get to the foul line. Do something. But you can't keep standing at the three-point line the entire game, which has not worked, and expect it to continue. Expect it to suddenly work in the fourth quarter. He I- should have gotten down low and tried to at least get to the basket or position himself in a spot where it would have been more difficult for them to trap yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't understand. Is he, he's, he's afraid to go up against Tillman and Clark at, in, in those guys. I mean, is that what we're doing here? That's the, those. I think are... Towns is just the guy that likes to get downhill. He doesn't like to actually position himself in a triple threat post up spot, which is a problem because he's seven feet tall, he's two hundred fifty pounds, and he tries to play like he's Kevin Durant. Summer sweat sums it up right there. 50, 50 to 14 run to end the game and your best player is talking wine. That's exactly yeah. right. Yep. That's, and that to me uh, seems to be a problem. Is there uh is there any way they turn it around? In my opinion, no. Is, is that, is that one of those victories? We've talked about this before where you get one of those victories or losses in this case that just doom you, that, that just stay in your head. You can't get rid of it. You can't, no matter how much wine you drink or how much sleep you get or how much you decompress, it doesn't go away, and I I have a feeling, and we'll see we'll see on Saturday. But I have a feeling that could be one of those games. I think it's over. I I I don't, I don't know how you come back from that. I tend to agree. You had your chance, you blew it, and with Adams not playing, Memphis has shown a ton of really just scoring depth. And I mentioned that going into Game Three, Brandon Clark was fantastic off the bench. He had twenty points, right? So he was really a piece off the bench that helped. And I said the reason why I don't like Minnesota in the series and in game three was the fact that besides Towns, besides Edwards, and besides Russell, this team has absolutely no bench support when it comes to scoring. And that's really all they got. Now, Vanderbilt was actually pretty good yesterday. He had a double-double. And Beverly actually had a decent amount of points. But Towns, Edwards, and Russell stopped making shots. And nobody else could do anything. The Grizzlies were able to overcome a terrible game by Morant because they have a ton of depth. And I think the depth differential is the reason why Memphis should win this series 4 to 1. Yeah, I agree. Tim Earl says says Memphis 4 to 1. I agree as all as well. I think I think this is one of those uh season-ending losses that they took last night. But, I do want to ask you a question though. Sure. 
Which team is more screwed, Minnesota or Utah? Minnesota. Minnesota. I mean, okay. you know, with – I mean, Utah's in, Utah's in a world of hurt too. When, they, when they're down 2-1 to one without Luka in the lineup, uh, they're, they're going to have some massive problems, and Luka's questionable. So it, it looks like they're getting close to getting him back. And I, I know think Luca could have potentially played in this past game if Dallas was down two nothing, but they didn't need him. Right. So right, and that's the thing. Will they will they bring him out here up two to one and going home? You know, I mean, they're going home after this game regardless. So yeah. For the record, Tim, I'm picking both Utah and Minnesota to lose. I'm just asking which team do you think has a better chance at a comeback? Right. Right. I think I think Utah has a better chance at a comeback. I think they could, I think they could sneak one out and uh, and pick up a win in game four and then they've still got a two to one advantage on a uh, home court. So uh, yeah. I think they're in trouble because now you're talking about Luca coming back. And I know, I know the point you're trying to make is they're down two to one. And now you've got the specter of Luca uh, hanging over everything where he could be ready to return. So, yeah, I, I personally agree with you. I think Utah has got a better chance to come back in their series because even though both teams have been known to choke a bunch of games throughout the entire season, at least Utah's experienced. They've been in the playoffs before. There's some adjustments they could make, mostly trying to go smaller right. and to stop playing Gobert. So they can at least try some wrinkles that might help. I have no idea what Minnesota can do. Yeah. They're not gonna they're what not can gonna do. Towns mentally quit on the game. Yeah, they're not gonna, no bench. They're not gonna put him on the bench. You know, he's gotta be he's gotta be out there and he's gotta be engaged. Now maybe he rallies. Maybe he, you know, maybe he listens to social media and listens to talking heads and yap ad about him, and maybe he goes out with a chip on his shoulder and proves everybody wrong, puts up 40. We'll see. I'm, I'm just saying. Do it I think it doesn't feel like it. Do I think Minnesota and Utah are going to win one more playoff game combined? No. I think they're both going to lose 4-1. But if you're asking me what team do I think has even a glimmer of hope, maybe Utah, because at least you can make some adjustments. Minnesota can do nothing. Right. I don't know what you're supposed to do. You're just inexperienced and your team's poorly coached. Yep. They're a year ahead of schedule. They're, you know, further along than they thought they'd be. And you kind of get the feeling they're playing with house money. Um, yeah. So. Uh, See, JR, you're right. Utah could be thinking, here we go again. And that's true. Because I'm not picking them to win the series either. But they've been in a couple of wars before. So Mitchell can maybe flip it to a gear. They had a decent run there with Gobert off the court. Maybe they can, you know, win another game or something. But mentally, I'm assuming Minnesota's fried. What just happened? Uh, Memphis over Golden State? Hard to imagine. Going to be a great series. I would personally take Golden State. Uh, Truth is, I really have not been impressed by Memphis in this series at all. I get they're up 2-1. I get they responded really well to adversity in Game 3. Did they play well, or did Minnesota just hand them the game on a platter? Because Morant had one of the least impressive triple-doubles I've ever seen. Yep, I agree. Um, but, you know, as long as you're as long as long you're able to get Bain involved like that, and Bain can pick up the slack. See, that's the advantage. You know, we, we talked about this this team's record uh, without Jaw, and we talked about their ability to play it. I think, I think it didn't – it meant – more to Bain than anybody else uh, as far as confidence goes and finding uh, his his ability, his voice, if you will, uh, to be able to be a leader and uh, put the team on his shoulders. So I think that's done nothing but serve them well uh, as Morant has struggled. So yeah, um, I, I'm impressed with this team playing defense. 
given up. Given I like up. this Memphis team, but if you're asking me if I think that they can reach the creme de la creme, I, I don't think they can. I think they're a year away. The real problem I have with this team, if I'm going to name one guy, is Dylan Brooks. I'm just really, really anti-Dylan Brooks. He takes so many awful shots. I saw a tweet, which I thought was really funny. Somebody said that Dylan Brooks is like Kobe if Kobe didn't know how to play basketball. And I thought that was one of the funniest things I've ever read. But I'm really an anti-Dylan Brooks guy because he takes so many heat check shots that are so ill-advised. I would compare him to Will Barton. He thinks he's so much better than he is that he takes so many shots late in games that absolutely destroy you. God, I know fun. he made the big three-pointer over Towns to ice it, but Brooks was, has got to take a step back here. It was funny to watch Barton last night. He just kept getting more uh, incredulous. that He just he couldn't believe that the way things were going. It was Jokic you know. had Clay Thompson matched up on him in the post, and he took a 35-footer over Draymond Green. I don't know what we're doing here, bud. Uh, hilarious stuff but the point is if, if you want to ask me what i think the weakest link is for minnesota for uh, memphis i think it's dylan brooks i think they need another wing scorer who is able to recognize his role a little bit more clearly david good brings up a good point did you see minnesota players leaving the floor they were beaten yeah uh they're not, dead to rights not good I mean, not no. good body language at all um is it supposed to help that your veteran leadership is patrick beverly who's responsible for one of the worst 3-1 choke jobs in the history of the NBA. Mm, it's not ideal. It's not I can't ideal. say responsible, but he was there. So he's seen these choke jobs before. I don't exactly trust him to rally the troops. No, I agree. Uh, Joker for MVP. Buy the t-shirts now. <laughs> Use them for washing cars in Denver. I, I mean, I, I think Jokic was the MVP. Am I supposed to? Am I supposed to roast him for going for like thirty-five and eighteen last? What the hell do you want him to do? Well, Will Barton's taking thirty-five foot shots when he's got Clay Thompson in the post. And here's the thing: do you do you you give the MVP to the guy that drug a sub mediocre or mediocre team to the to the playoffs? I mean, that's or do you or do you, do you lay it at his feet that they weren't more successful? I mean, that's the fact that Denver avoided the play-in game, right? With no Murray, no Porter, and their second best player is arguably Aaron Gordon, I was 100% on the Jokic MVP bandwagon. What he pulled off to get them to a six is a miracle because this team stinks. I agree. I agree. It's not a good team. Um, That's why I took Golden State yesterday. Just Yeah, Jokic didn't have his 35. There's, nobody else can do anything on the team. Do you have to be any kind of a complete player anymore to get an MVP? I don't know, because nowadays you live in a highlight era where right. everything's on Instagram. You see a bunch of, you know, tweets about poster dunks and stat lines and whatever. A lot of the actual context of what players do, the nuances, are kind of lost in the shuffle. Magellan Sports is Embiid MVP. I'll tell you what, if you ask me... Second place for me. If you ask me which player I'd rather have to start my team with, it's not even close. I take Embiid. I think a lot of it would depend on how good my supporting cast is. Well, I'm just saying that's your first pick. Okay. You you, you take Joker? You, you take I Jokic? think Embiid is more dominant when he's on the court. Well, he's the two, issue also he's also a two-way a roster, player. Yeah, the issue that you have when you're starting a roster is that Embiid's always hurt. So if you want to do roster construction, I'd no. probably take Jokic because he's healthy. Okay. But if you're assuming perfect health, I would rather have Embiid... Because defensively, 
he's at least a rim presence. Right. Nobody I think gives you no rim protection whatsoever. I think for this ex, I think for this exercise, you have to, you have to yeah, kind we're of assuming assume, assume health. at equal health. Yeah. Assuming equal health, I will take Embiid if I was building a roster. But based on what I saw this year, I have Jokic winning the MVP. But Jones says Embiid is the best big big man in, in the last decade. You can be very right about that. I'm trying to I'm trying to think of, I again I give credit for being a complete player for playing for Tim versus Jokic. For, I mean Oh, that's who's the last dominant big man before them? Dwight Howard? Yeah, and not for very long, but yeah. I would say that'd probably be right. Um I'd rather have Embiid than Dwight Howard. Yeah. Peak Dwight Howard? Yeah. Okay. I still love peak Dwight Howard, don't get me wrong, but the free throw shooting and the lack of any offensive post game whatsoever is a problem. Yeah. Um, the Joker's a tough guy, not afraid. I'm a big Jokic guy, but you can really make it. Because the thing is, it's one of those MVP races where there was no clear cut guy. No. It's not the fan of the year award where Hero is going to win by a hunt like 98% of the vote. Like, it was very close. I said Giannis had no shot to win it. It was a two horse race the entire season. I think the acquisition of Harden killed Embiid's chances. Um. It, in the eyes of the public, had to carry less of the load. And Jokic had to do everything for that team. No, I disagree. I think the public... Solely based on public perception, not based on reality. Okay. Agree to disagree. Agree to, agree to say you're wrong. So, Hey, we talked about her. She's here. She's been, been, been called by some the GOAT. The GOAT, Scott. We've got the GOAT right here in our presence. You know her. You love her. She gives you morning wood every day. It's the one, the only. I do. It's Hallie Burns. What's up, Hallie? How's it going, guys? Good to see you again. Always fun. It's Friday, et cetera, et cetera. TGIF to you. How'd your uh, yesterday go? Were you on the right side of that Memphis game? I got Memphis plus 800 and Memphis plus 13 and a half points. So I smiled all the way to the window, there all you, the way back to the window. There I, you go. There you go. Outstanding. Yeah, that, Outstanding. That was a good one. I know Scott had a... Uh, and a couple nice hits on that game as well. So yeah, very good. That was, that was it was exciting watching them come back twice from twenty points down, huh? It, it really was. In the freaking Warriors game, I got lucky on that. I was like taking a bath, and I just walked into my living room, and it was on TV, and the Warriors were down, and I was like, oh, this has to be plus money, and it was. So I jammed on it at plus one twenty, plus two and a half points, and then you know the game progressed, and I got on uh, the Nuggets at plus three forty didn't work out but i hedged my other side and i didn't take the point so i didn't try to middle that excellent ali we were just talking about whether you'd rather have Embiid or joker and uh david good said he said i'd take adams as my first pick to show players it doesn't always take the talent to cover the under on rebounds (laughs) i'm not the biggest adams person uh i don't think anybody is anymore no the truth is i was a big adams guy back in oklahoma city yeah the league has outgrown him it reminds me a lot of what happened with Roy Hibbert. Hibbert was a defensive player of the year candidate. He was good in Indiana. And then two years later, he couldn't play. He was out of the league. Because as the league got more stretched out to the three-point line, if you're a big man who can't shoot, and you're also big so you can't cover in the perimeter, you're practically useless. And unfortunately, that's what Adams finds himself in. Yep, absolutely right. Um. I don't know if I could pick between the two. I really like Embiid and I really like the Joker. You know, it's just kind of, they're two of the guys. I like Embiid more, I think. I'm going to say I like Embiid more. Okay. 
All right. Yeah. I'm. Yeah, we were, and we, with you have to, you have to throw the injury considerations in there because if Embiid's going to miss fifteen to twenty games a year, you know that yeah. kind of has to factor in. But in, assuming perfect health, I think I'd rather have the guy that's that plays two ways. I'd rather have the guy that. Uh, yeah, pl- when healthy, I would take Embiid. But pro- I think pro- the one thing I'm really impressed by with Jokic is that nobody knows anything about him, like personally. He's got brothers. You know about Jokic? He's got brothers. And I know he has like some secret. Doesn't he have some like ghosts or something back in Serbia? But like nobody knows anything about his personal life. He, he has had, brothers who hate the Morris brothers. Would you say he had goats? Yeah, he has some type of like animal pets like back in Serbia or something. But the only thing this I know about Jokic are his brothers who threatened to assault the Morris brothers. I don't know anything about his personal life. Like Embiid's on Twitter. He's making jokes. He posts the photo about Ben Simmons' downfall. Like he's a funny guy. Nobody knows anything about Jokic. No. How much English does Jokic speak? That's a great question. I have no idea. The only time I've ever heard him do interviews. <laughs> I mean, because maybe like that's post- why we don't ever hear from him because he's like, I throw a ball into hoop and make baskets. You know. The only thing like that, that I know about Jokic is when he does the post game things on TNT with Shaq, and Shaq tries to speak Serbian or like to him, and he butchers every word, and Jokic just laughs at him. That's it. That's the only thing I know about him. Magellan's worse says he's in the Serbian mafia. Favorite uh, moments of basketball last night was Charles Barkley talking crap about the uh, Timberwolves after the game. Hundred percent right. Oh, I did too. He's like, "That's just you don't make dumb kids. You just make dumb parents." This was bad coaching. It was stupid. I mean, he (laughs) tell me how you really feel, Charles. I was I'm just laying cracking up as I'm listening to his breakdown on this. It's not like, well, they could have done this. No, it was stupid. That was stupid. What happened? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Tell us how you really feel, Ali. Yeah, well, oh, no, I loved it. We, we both had money on on Memphis, so we had a great time. Yeah, it was yeah. Our, it was our, it was it was our farm play. We thought we were we thought we were plowing under the crops in the uh, in the second half. There, we thought we thought. If I'm going to be over. honest. I took a shower. I missed the entire run. I, I, I what is it? Game. What is it with you people bathing in the middle of, in the middle the of the evening? Plus, <laughs> I, I got plus two fifty right, like earlier in the game, whatever. When they made the initial run, right, right before half, <laughs> and then I see they're down twenty again. I'm like, all right, I got a huge play on the Warriors. I'm going to take a shower. Like, I, whatever, I'll get ready for the 10 o'clock game. I come back, and Memphis is down two. I'm like, what the hell just happened? Like, I come back, and it's like, no, they're in the middle of, like, a 20 to 1, like, in the middle of a 19 nothing run. And I'm just like, oh, okay. So I wasn't sure if I should watch the game or get back in the shower. Because I'm super I do that too. So I was trying to figure out what to do. I ended up going back, and I watched the game. I got out of my lucky shower. <laughs> do the same thing taking a bath oh my god that happened while i was in the kitchen i need to remain in the kitchen clearly are you a so you're you're a bath not a shower personality or was that a special like a special occasion i shower in the morning and i take a bath every night okay it's where i read my books like i read books and stuff and that's the only time i can like sit and focus so i do like two chapters that's how i roll you you lost me at reading but i'm rooting for you you don't read reading i haven't read a book since probably like I don't even think I read a book in college. <laughs> what? I think I probably college. Uh, I'd say probably eleventh grade, twelfth grade. Last Jesus time I read a book Christ! Oh my god! I collect books. I have like like ceiling to floor. I have three columns of books in my dining room. I have. A I was a huge Spark books. Notes guy. I found the summaries online and I just read those. Oh, oh like Cliff's Notes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. There it is. That's the that's that's Zodwick, the... I agree. I'm not superstitious. I'm a little bit stitious. I, agree. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I, agree. I love that Slight, Zodwick. Slightly stitious. <laughs> yeah, I'm just a little stitious. I'm a... not superstitious. Don't get crazy. 
I haven't I haven't read a book since YouTube launched. Uh, you definitely get back. You guys should pick up books and read them. I there's a book I just got that's really cool. Hold on, it's right here in my. Bag. Is it next to your ping pong paddle? The only yeah. book that the only book that you know takes you guys bets. Have to know this about me. I've been doing my own shows a long time, and if I feel like standing up and walking away, I'm gonna do it. I've been doing it forever. But this is she's a pro. Everybody, Ali Burns. Delusions, okay. extraordinary popular delusions and the madness of crowds. So I read books like this to think about like public betting. You know, it's like ideas on how the public thinks and how crowds or like so it's a, a it like mob it's mob ideology basically. Yeah, like collective consciousness. Uh, influencing things, but I associate it with sports betting, you know, so I, I read a lot of things like that. I think I stopped reading before the Kindle became a thing. That's how far back I go. Super, super slice I read sums Les it up. Rob on the Kindle and it took me most of my life. My Kindle wore out before I finished Les Miserables. It's an I saw the movie. Novel. Hugh Jackman, not bad. I didn't see the movie because I read the book. Actually, I've seen the play several times. You've never, you just, Rachel is a tennis player. You've never read the inner game? No, I have not. Really? Not ever once? No, I have not. No. No, anybody that competes in any sport has to read the inner game. You... Well, I okay. haven't done that. It's huh? the only thing I haven't competed in sports because I haven't read it. <sighs> okay. You play tennis, though, right? It's written about tennis. I dabble in tennis. Reading is, o- reading, <laughs> reading is overrated. Tell, tell, me you're, tell me you're under 30 without telling me you're under 30. God. Right? What is no the kidding. time Do nowadays? You read, you know? Steve? Do you of, read? Of course I read. Um, now, I have, I have mostly made the transition... To like my Kindle, um, I, I've got it on my phone and stuff, and I, I'm about half and half, um, real books versus reading books on my. I phone. I read the but... show sheet every day on here. Does that count? Oh, for fuck's sake! Okay, well, yeah. Oh, Somebody's got to read the call the cops segment. You know, like that. That's my reading comprehension for the day. Okay, so there's that. All right, yeah. so you just lost the table tennis. James Mounts is right behind me in the handicap baton. I went one and one today. I went one and one yesterday too. So if he goes two and zero, oh, he can tie me today. He can catch me. Okay, very good. I didn't know if that's. This it. stupid contest is controlling my life right now. Why is that? I don't know because I'm in it because I'm super competitive and this is why I never wanted to do it. I increased my limit on it, which is probably why I'm. Didn't we discuss best case and the best case scenario? You win and you keep somebody from winning a prize. No, we ju- we're just rolling it down now because that doesn't make sense. No, <laughs> no. You got what, what just happened in school? I was a big Quizlet guy. Quizlet saved my ass when it came to a lot of the what uh, studying. Basically, it's an it's a shared index card like a virtual index card creator so people would just make like key index card notes on a bunch of topics okay and you just find them online so i would just memorize the index cards that people create instead of reading any of the material it was great what was the hardest class what was the hardest class you had in college rochelle the hardest class i had i would say it was probably it was either chem, it was either intro to chem, or it was one of the journalism classes. Not because it was difficult, but because I had a three-hour lab at 7 a.m. every Friday. Okay. Which was absolutely just disastrous because I was hungover pretty much the entire time on sure, Friday. Sure, sure. So I had to deal with that. So based on timing, journalism class, based on content, probably chemistry. Okay. Yeah. Bio was tough for me. I didn't take chem, but bio was those science classes in college. I heard like you you learn more new words in your first year of bio than you do in your first year of French. Like it's it was that many different words. Um, psych 
Rook was a good one, though. By the way, Renzo, I didn't cheat in college. I counted cards through college. Did you? It's Did frowned you? upon, but it's not illegal. I was going to say, you never read Knockout because you don't read books. But Blackjack, that Knockout book is a great book to read if you guys are into learning how to count cards. Um, read Blackout. Or Knockout. Knockout. It's Knockout. knockout. James, listen, Thirsty knockout, Thursdays is yeah. a real thing in college. If you have a lab at Friday at 7 a.m., yeah. half the class is hungover. We I'm can not alone on that. We can start the day early in college. No question about it. Uh, Allie, what do you like tonight? Give me some. Give me a couple of uh, give me a couple of baseball picks. What do you got? I got a lot of action today. I got the White Sox first five and full game. I got the Reds first five. I like the Reds full game, but I took the Cardinals full game, and then like rethought it, and now I don't love the Cardinals full game, but I do like the Reds first five. What you, um, what yeah, you, knockout spelled like that. What do you see? What are you seeing in the? Uh, what are you seeing in the Reds that you like? Because this team has been Sean, uh, the pitcher. Fan of Hunter Green. Yeah. Okay. I like Hunter Green. It is called here. Wait, I'm pulling it up right now so you can see. Um, yeah, I like Hunter Green. I also like that Higgs really liked that pick. He was my guest on Morning Wood this morning. Um, and then I've got some nerfies I'm dealing with too. I went through, I think I have four nerfies going on the Cubs, the Twins. Well, I took uh, the Orioles game over. Would you take the, uh, would you take the, uh, uh, Nerfy and Scott, don't you have a Nerfy? Uh, yes, I have a Nerfy in the Mets Diamondbacks game. I did not take that Nerfy, but I could. Allie, are you talking <laughs> right now? It just occurred. Are you talking about the knockout blackjack, the uh, Ken Fuchs? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, the yeah. Counting cards book. Yeah, it's all right. It's it, if you want to if you want a good jumping off point to count cards, it's it's not a bad one. It's uh, I don't know, probably not. I don't know that they've kept up with the countermeasures enough yet. Um, I'd like to see an I'd like to see an update because I know a couple of the things that they do, uh, they've kind of had come up with some countermeasures for. So you, you count cards in the in the casino alley? Uh, ish. I'm not. A, I I know how to do it, but I I've never put it into practice because the games. The guy who taught me how to do it is 86 from El Cortez here in Vegas, which is the best blackjack game in the city. But they know him and they know he's a card counter, so. Uh, I was never able to play there. And then pretty much everywhere else you're getting um, more decks. And so it just, I'm not, I'm not a huge blackjack person, but during the pandemic with nothing to do, I kind of started to learn how to count cards. And I read that book. I'm just not super interested in it. I get, I don't like math. And if I'm sitting at a blackjack table, I'm typically not really there to make money. I'm there to like get the free drinks and party with whatever bachelorette party I have in town that weekend that has decided they want to play blackjack for 20 minutes, you know, so That's it's why just I play not, yeah, or three card poker. I used to love me some three. Hi, Gal is my signature. Let's not lose a lot of money, not win a lot of money, but we'll make a fortune off the free drinks. We used to yes, play. We used to... Three card poker all the way. Three <laughs> card is like a peak game. Like as soon as you really feel good about yourself in three card poker, walk the flip away because you're about to give it all right back. Just go to the next table, get free drinks over there. It's cool. Yeah, we used to go down to uh, Binion's play play dollar blackjack. And, uh, mm -hmm. and, and and order cigarettes and drinks. They bring you cigarettes, so you get a pack, you get a whole pack of pack of smokes. Yeah, I remember a Westgate. Place, uh... Westgate at five dollar pie guy with three a.m. one night, and I went there for a couple hours. Nice. I don't love the Westgate. I really don't love the Westgate. It was five dollar pie guy. You have yeah, to be well, a fool. I mean, you can find that, that other places in this economy. Um, Five dollar pie. Come on. Hey, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm Ellis gonna. Island used to do laid back blackjack, but it was a buck a hand also at Alice Island, and I loved that. 
Uh, I want to I want to put a little culture up here real quick. Uh, David Good said, uh, Carl Sambo, great poet, said college is a four years four year refuge from hasty judgment. That's I can a, guarantee you, I didn't read that poem. <laughs> Wasn't yeah. Sandberg? No, maybe not. I was thinking he was in the Beat era. He wrote he he wrote uh, the Bible. He he wrote uh, playing blackjack as a business. That was Carl Sandberg. Hmm. I'm sorry, that's Lawrence Revere. My bad. I don't know what's happening. Are you, are you talking to yourself? <laughs> yeah, basically. Some of them are just for me, kids. When the Pulitzer for history and poetry. Carl Sandburg? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was the shit. Did you, Scott, you didn't take an English class in college? No, I'm like, well, I know the name, but I can't post, I can't, like, get him in my head right now. I've I got think, a different... I think I did take an English class, but it was more, like, Shakespearean-based. I only took that class because all the books were on SparkNote, so I knew I wasn't going to read any of the books. But I took a an English class that I believe was only about Shakespeare, just because I knew I was going to find all the information online. All right. So I planned accordingly. Okay, Allie, you got to play on the uh, Royals game tonight. Royals. Royals, I have it going under. Got it under. Oh, no, Royals, I have no run first inning. Yeah, is that what you have, Rochelle? I thought about taking that. Okay. I ended up going with the Mets and no run first inning instead. All right. But I don't I've mind that either. Four. All right. Very good. All right, Allie, uh, between Minnesota and uh, Utah, are either one of them going to win another game? Mm, I think Utah will win another game. I, I mean, Minnesota, that was hard. But I don't want to be like a remember the only remember the last thing I saw kind of a person. However... It's kind of hard to forget what I saw last night out of that T-Wolves team. So I'm going to have to really get pretty, you know, sloshed to just totally be able to forget that. So, um, I don't know. Utah, I think, will win again. I don't know about the T-Wolves. I was on the same boat as you. I leaned Utah. I don't think either team's going to win another game. But Utah has experience. Maybe they can piece together some type of thing. Minnesota, I just think, is cooked. Yeah, that was your spot, Minnesota. You know, like your first game back and you're in front of your home crowd and blah, blah, blah. But but at the same time, the Grizzlies lost, you know, that first one at, or was it the second one at home? So they're trying to grab one, one back on their they way. Lost, they lost the first one, but they, they played Adams a bunch of minutes. As soon as they took him out, they've kind of dominated the series. Right. On the scoreboard, um, at least. So, like, I expected Grizzlies to want to get one back on the road. You know, I kind of, I saw that coming-ish. Mm-hmm. Not saw that coming, but I saw that coming ish. And you saw the result coming, not the actual process of it happening. Yeah, not yeah. what actually just went down for real. Somebody, yeah. somebody asking about Brooklyn tomorrow, laying three at home against Boston. Uh, Scott, I just I, think Boston's the better team. I just really do. Yeah. I'm believing. Scott, I know you're a Nets guy. Uh, is this the game you're going to? No, you're going to game four. I'm going to game four. So if they lose this game, I'm going to get blackout drunk before game four because I don't want to watch my team get swept in Ben Simmons' first game of about a year and a half. But I'm going to wait for the referee report. Because if I see Scott Foster, if I see Tony Brothers in there, maybe you might get a couple of calls going Brooklyn's way to extend the series. We'll see. Hint, hint. I'm going to wait and see what the referee report is. Also, I'm going to in-play that. I'm just going to in-play it. I don't need to get involved what do you, beforehand. What do you think, Scott? I don't know if you believe in those series-prolonging refs, but... Suddenly, if Scott Foster or uh, Tony Brothers gets the game, maybe I can't. I'll, you know, I can't. I can't fight the numbers, man. If the numbers, if the numbers say it, then I believe it. 
It doesn't. I umpired. Uh, I umpired baseball for a season or two, and the umpires that you know we all meet before the game and have our like pregame talk before we go out. And the first thing we'd always say is, "Who are you on today?" And they're like a huge way that they would handicap baseball games is the umpire behind the plate, what their strike zone looks like. Like that was a big thing that they would look at. So I'm all for handicapping your umps and your refs if that's your thing. It. I feel like it definitely. It definitely meant, yeah, KD's due for a good one, but I don't bet on due. That's not what I bet yeah. on. Scott Foster's like the ultimate shenanigans ref nowadays because Joey Crawford retired like a decade and a half ago. But a part of me does wonder if the NBA might try to stretch the series out a little bit because it's clearly the most viewed series by a large margin. I don't think it's close. Yeah. Well, it's two, It's probably, uh, without going through it real quick, I would think it's the two biggest media markets. I have to assume. Yeah. So. I would think so it's. I would think it's one and one and two probably, right? They call an audible. They call up Scott Foster on the bat phone and tell him to do game three. Wouldn't surprise me. The rep phone. It has been some really good basketball, though. I'll definitely say that. I have enjoyed watching the games thus far. So, um, the Bulls won it more. Well, they might not. They might not have a choice. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I. I haven't been impressed by anything the Bulls have done yet. I think if you like yeah, Milwaukee you can, tonight, you can just, wish in one hand and poop in the other and see which one fills up first. Uh, let me ask you. Let me guys. Let me let me ask you guys about that. Without Middleton, does that matter to you? I I really don't know because Milwaukee's had to play with Middleton earlier this season because he, of course, had some COVID issues. He wasn't able to play for the first couple months. That was a while ago, but they have played without him this season. He's had injury issues in the past. I think if I was going to take Milwaukee. I would just parlay it with Giannis 30-plus points. Because if Milwaukee's going to win, I mean, Giannis is player props 34-and-a-half. Like, c- come on. I mean, if they're going to win, Giannis is going for 35. Yep. So I would probably take that approach. Make it an extra value by parlaying it with Giannis points because he's going to have to embrace an even bigger role if they're going to win this game. Allie, what do you think? No Middleton, no problem. Are, up, are the Bucks up 2 nothing? right? It's 1-1. It is 1-1. Okay, never mind then. Um, I agree with that. I mean, he's the guy. You know, he's the guy. And I think it's it's like he said the Bulls want it more. I think the Bucks want it more. I really do. And I think Giannis is part of who really wants it more. So they got a taste, <laughs> man. They got a taste. They uh, mm-hmm. they they they've got one. They got the they got the fever. So heavy's the head that wears the crown though i get that but i don't think it's the bulls that are going to do them in they're going to the next round yeah no. i agree now whether they go beyond that is uh going to be the question there so all Maybe right holiday to play a little bit better yeah that's true too all right Allie, any final thoughts where can we find you etc cetera, etc cetera. Find me Monday through Friday on Morning Wood right here on the Max Wagers Network. I've had special guests on all week. I'm going to do it all next week, too. Thank you guys for joining us on Wednesday. That was a lot of fun. Of course. Um, Yeah, I had Ross Benjamin Thursday, Sean Higgs today. So every day on Morning Wood, we've got free contests, and we've got special guests that are going to help educate you guys on sports betting. You can ask them questions uh, and all that jazz. Check out Total Chaos also. If you just YouTube Total Chaos Picks and Parlays, I do. I think all three of you tied. The winners and winners guys all went two and three on the last Total Chaos, I believe. Okay. Sounds Sounds suspiciously like us. (laughs) I could bet on that. Um, so, yeah. How bad is Budweiser? What are you talking about? I wear a hat, not a visor. I drink Budweiser. There's your beastie boys. Uh, but, yeah, Monday through Friday, Morning Wood at 1 p.m. Eastern. That's where you can find me. There she goes, everybody. It's Allie Burns closing oh, on the guys. beastie boys. We'll, we'll, see you, we'll see you Tuesday. We'll see you Friday.
Yes. Good luck today, guys. Uh, you too. Thanks for being here. Bye. All right, buddy. There you go. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Cool chick, as they say. I like her. Uh, all right, my friend. Well, there's only one thing left to do, and it's going to be a little anticlimactic since we don't have any, uh, we don't, we don't have sound effects or anything queued up. But we can uh, talk about what we did yesterday. So, anyway, Scott, it is time once again. It's Friday. It's the last one of the week. Look around. You find it? You see it? It's all the way up there. So I'm going to need another second to get ready. <laughs> all right. Well, it's uh, uh everybody, it's, it's it's America's fastest growing segment. Everybody, get ready. It's time once again. I'm making you wait. I'm just, yeah, it's all good. I'm just still fucking with you. All right, there it is, guys. It is time once again to bet the farm. Meh. 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 All right, very good. Uh, I didn't hear you. I didn't hear you chiming in to help me with the with the moves, Scott. Moo. Moo. Oh, so, all right, very good. There you go. Hey, Scott, I know we had a uh, bet the farm yesterday. How did we do? We had the Grizzlies uh, to cover and never in doubt. They covered. Never in doubt. Cue to banjos. <laughs> Yeehaw. Yeehaw. Now, you, could you yeah. not hear that? No. Okay. Well, I don't know if they heard the banjos or not either. Anyway. Yeah, they didn't hear anything. I did my best. Yeehaw. All right. So, I know we got. At least gone. the cows aren't drinking today. I know we have one uh, cooked up for today. It's the weekend. Everybody's working for the weekend. We're working for money. Scott, what do we got today? So for this one, we're going to go to a pretty interesting game in baseball. We're going to be taking a reverse run line for the first time this season. We're going to take the Guardians, plus one and a half runs at around minus 115 as they take on my Yankees. And Cleveland offensively has been really good this season. The Guardians are averaging 5.67 runs per game which is numero uno in the league, while New York is averaging just three runs per game, which ranks tied for 25th. On top of that, the Yankees have scored less than six runs in nine inning games. They had the one extra inning game in the season opener in all 13 games this season. So the Yankees are really not good offensively at all. They're consistently awful. The Guardians are also 4-0 straight up in their last four road games, and the Yankees are 1-4 in their last five games as a favorite. At the end of the day, the Yankees should not be laying one and a half runs at home since they cannot score. You might get an extra bat, of course, as the road team, and you might end up having nine at-bats compared to eight if the Yankees are only up one. But for a Yankees team that can hit, they should not be laying one and a half at home. Give us the value at plus one and a half. There you go. Same, same concept as in other sports. Low-scoring games, take the points, and that's exactly what we're doing here. Or in this case, the runs, as we're taking one and a half against the Yankees. That's going to do it for the farm. That's going to do it for the show. The, another one in the can for the week. We want to thank you guys, as always, for joining us again. One more thanks to Allie Burns for stopping by here and uh, and uh, kind of lightening up the joint. Don't forget to check out the great deals that we have with DraftKings. Five bucks for uh, any ba money line on any baseball game. You get a $200 free bet or $200 credit. Uh, towards your next $200 worth of bets. And we have the uh, bet insurance over there at Caesars. Uh, up to $1,100, your first bet is on the house. If you will, check out all the details in the show description along with the links. So you guys have a great day. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to stay tuned here in just a few minutes. We'll be right back at you doing our NASCAR show, Left Turn Radio, with these two guys 
and Chris King. But until then, you guys take care. Have a great weekend. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to stop back by and see us each and every weekday, 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central. Scott and I do our very best to help you in the never-ending journey to head back to the window. Take care, everybody. We'll see you then.